am Boba Fett. I give my allegiance to no one. Multiverse Monologues presents... I'm a simple man making his way through the galaxy. Like my father before me. I am not a bounty hunter. The Book of Boba. Breakdown. Jabba ruled with fear. I intend to rule with respect. Please. Speak freely. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Multiverse Monologues. I am your host, Ben Rayside. And I'm your other host, Ethan Wetzloff. And today we are going to be talking about the first two chapters in the Book of Boba Fett. But before we get into that, I'd just like to give a big uh, congratulations to Ethan, who's been running the Instagram lately. And we just hit 500 subscribers. Or I shouldn't say subscribers. I should say followers. Uh, what number, what is the exact number we're at right now? Because I think it's just above... 500 last time i like checked that. it was at 517 that is epic man and now i know that doesn't sound like a lot but that's the first like big milestone for multiverse monologues so as we grow and continue to um dive into all of the multiverses you know we appreciate all of the uh fans feedback and uh, the questions that you guys put out uh for us because at the end of the day you know we're just here to talk Star Wars and Marvel and Walking Dead and DC and all that good jazz. But having you guys along for the ride is something that we really appreciate. So um, I just wanted to thank you guys, the fans, and you, Ethan, for uh, running a fabulous Instagram page for the Multiverse Monologue. So thank you, good sir. Yeah, and once again, I mean, I couldn't do it without people following and just all the awesome interactions I've had on the Instagram it has just been really fun. On I think it was Saturday, I put up that MCU hot takes thing. Yes. And it was just fun getting to hear people's responses to things and then being able to respond to it. So, yeah, thank you guys for your interactions and making it just so easy to do. If you want to follow us, you can go to Instagram on uh, is multiverse underscore monologues. And I just want to say uh, right from the start, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. It certainly helps. And if you're uh, on Spotify, which is where most uh, and all of our content goes up, give us a follow and give us a rating on uh, Spotify. It certainly helps uh, for uh, everything that goes along with that. So uh, with that housekeeping in order, let's dive right into the book of Boba Fett. And we're going to be taking things a little bit differently because we've got two episodes to cover. We thought about doing it last week, but we, it just wasn't in the cards for us. But now we're going to review both of the first two episodes, two fabulous episodes of Star Wars television, might I add. But we're going to be doing it a little differently. Um, we're going to be reviewing everything in the flashbacks as one continuous story. And then we're going to be reviewing everything in the present day as one continuous story. And we're not going to take this episode by episode, but we're going to be taking this more as a story format. So we're just going to talk about everything in the first two episodes of The Book of Boba Fett. And spoilers right here, right off the bat, because we're going to be talking full, in-depth spoiler discussion for Stranger in a Strange Land, Episode 1, and Episode 2. It's called The Tribes of Tatooine. And we are really into the meat. I, I believe I said something earlier about uh, a couple weeks ago before this show premiered. And I said, we were sleeping on this show. 
due to the hype of No Way Home and a lot of other projects being announced, Book of Boba kind of got sidelined. But now people are, I think, starting to realize that this show really, really has something to put forward for the universe of Star Wars. So we're going to get into all of that as we uh, go along. But I just, I want to ask you this question, Ethan, before we get into it. What are your general first impressions on the first two episodes of The Book of Boba Fett? Dude, I've enjoyed them, man. They've been really fun and just, just different than what I thought we would be getting. The flashback format is not something I anticipated. And it's really, really cool to see the everything with the Tusken Raiders has been so cool. Just seeing them in a different light because they've always been portrayed as these horrible, just brutal Raiders. You know, in Mandalorian, we got something a little different, but they were still kind of scary. But this, we're seeing them in like a s- civilized manner. Yeah. And it's really humanizing them, which is really cool. And it's something I never, like, wanted to see before. And But it's really cool that they're giving me this. And everything with Boba is cool. Just getting to learn more about who this character is, who this mystic character that we've always wondered more about. And, I mean, the Clone Wars and the prequels grew up or expanded on that. But now we're getting to see more post-Return uh, of the Jedi Boba Fett. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of fans online talk about this episode. It's kind of split. Even after the second episode, which was phenomenal, it's still split 50-50 on whether or not they really like this show. There's a lot of complaints about Boba Fett and him not like living up to the expectation, Mm -hmm. I guess. I see a lot of what, what the same kind of criticisms when The Last Jedi premiered, and a lot of people were criticizing Luke Skywalker. Mm -hmm. So, are we, are we in the same territory? I like I don't, because we're dealing with a fan favorite character, a legacy character, all going all the way back from deleted scenes of 1977's A New Hope. So, this character legit has been here from the beginning. So, when you deal with these characters and you bring them into a new light, and especially if you're going to really, what they're doing is changing up his character a little bit, Mm -hmm. it gets very dicey. But what I would say to that is, I just don't think we knew enough about Luke, uh, Boba Fett. Yes, I agree. We've seen a couple interactions of him, and then backstories were built off those little interactions in mind canon, and they were even part canon before Disney bought Star Wars. But with Luke, we've seen him in the live-action movies. We saw that character develop. So when in The Last Jedi, he was completely different. We had a right to be mad about that because we've seen so much of him. But we've seen so little of Boba Fett, we can't really even say who we think this guy is because we've never seen him grown up as old man clone trooper like this before. Yes, and... I'm just going to say that I love the first two episodes of The Book of Boba Fett. I just absolutely enjoyed every bit of it. I will say, though, one of my one of the biggest, I would say, actually say the biggest content creator for Star Wars on YouTube. I was talking about this last night. He said that this recent, most recent episode of The Book of Boba Fett was the best Star Wars content he's seen since Revenge of the Sith. And that got me, like hyped out of my mind 
because that's my favorite Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah. my one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars content. So I was sitting there and I was like, okay, this episode is going to be fantastic and I'm ready for it. And it wasn't necessarily like it's no, definitely it, not as good it's as a gr- the set. great episode with awesome action sequences. Yes. But to compare it to that and say completely undermining the whole movie that is Rogue One. Yes. It's it doesn't really add up. But. And also, we're talking about like, did he not last year? Just last year, we got Luke Skywalker returning in Mandalorian. Yes, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> to say that it was it was so misleading to me going into the episode because I think it it warped how I watched the episode because I was not invested as much in his like in his visions. Mm-hmm. In the past, when it came to the Tuscan Raiders, rewatching it again, I realized that that was where the meat of the bone was, and I was just, I was expecting huge reveals, and we did get some reveals, but I was expecting a lot more than what I got. Yeah, only because of what that guy posted, mm-hmm. and I just, I hate that. So every, <laughs> from now on, I don't like my view of Star Wars to be warped by anyone else. I like having my own opinion. Yeah, exactly. So from now on, I'm not just not going to look at anything. But I think Star Wars Theory had a negative impact on how I viewed the episode. Hmm. That's why, dude, my alarm goes off. Go make a pot of coffee. Sit down. Watch it right away. Don't look at anything else. First thing I ingest that day. So haven't heard any outside opinions. And it's really cool to have your own unbiased opinion. That's what should have happened. But anyway, that that's all... That's all pre-game. That's all pre-show. Now we're going to get into the meat of the bone. So it starts off, and we're going to talk about flashbacks first, mm-hmm. I would say. Let's do that because I think I'm really, I was really interested in the flashbacks and what's going on in his past. But I think the meat of the bone and where I'm most invested in is the present day, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. So I think we do that last, especially because I think – we're going to be teetering away from flashbacks as the show goes on. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the story they want to tell is definitely in present day. But we need the backstory to understand why he is where he is. Why he's so different from what people thought he would be coming out of the Sarlacc pit. Exactly. You have to, you have to look at this as Boba Fett gets pra- basically killed in the Sarlacc pit. And he is almost Boba reborn. Mm-hmm. I would say that that's how I look at this character. But honestly, I don't. I don't really have the biggest. I don't know. I just didn't think of Boba as this huge character. Like I'm open to them doing what they want with him, because I think I watched the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. and he's a kid, and they're kind of introing him into his bounty hunting days. I mean, you're up to date, I believe. He commands a bounty hunting crew on the train mm-hmm. episode yeah. of the clo- of the Clone Wars, so you see how it, he kind of starts and where he is now and who he's working with and all these uh, bounty hunters. He's working with Dengar on the train episode of Clone Wars, so who knows if and when he'll show up in Boba Fett? But I don't know. It. I'm so open, even if he didn't fall into the Sarlacc pit, for them to do what they want with him, and I want to give a shout actually you know what i'll give a shout out to him at the end but we finally get to see boba come out of the sarlacc mm-hmm. pit was that fulfilling to you it was yeah it you've we've all seen those pictures and 
just heard the stories of how the legends of how Boba escaped the Sarlacc pit. I think even there was a fan-made video of Boba escaping the Sarlacc pit I saw on YouTube when I was a younger lad. And just seeing that, I'm like, dang, this is so cool. But no part of me thought that they were ever going to build off that. Like, no, he fell in the Sarlacc pit, he died. That's it. That's that's was my headcanon. Yeah. So seeing this, seeing an inside look of the Sarlacc pit Dude. was just so cool. <laughs> it was gnarly, man. You get a, you see a stormtrooper down there. Yeah. And his armor's like tattered. And I mean, we know that on Jabba's sail barge. Also, by the way, for those of you who don't know, the Book of Boba Fett takes place directly after the season finale of The Mandalorian Season 2. It takes place, in if you're going from the movies, it takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. So and the flashbacks take place directly after Return of the Jedi. Legit, right after the Jabba sail barge blows up, I would say it c- couldn't have been minutes until the sand crawler, the Jawa sand crawler, who comes and picks Boba Fett up. Um, I would say that it is minutes after that. Is the the barge smoking still though? I, I don't, don't know. know. If we, it was. I don't think we saw it. In the episode. I, it's in the background as oh, he climbs it? out the Sarlacc pit, yeah. Oh, okay. All so right. I, I didn't see smoke, so I don't know how long... Does Boba have his own oxygen tank in his helmet? I don't think he did. Because no? he had to go over to the Stormtrooper because like, he wakes up. And he's like... <gasps> and then he has to go over to the Stormtrooper and plug in and get air and oxygen. And then he has to go up out. I don't think he's in there for longer than a, I don't know, a couple minutes. It has to say. be longer than a couple minutes because... In that battle, he falls into the Sarlacc pit, and then the battle goes on for a little longer before the barge blows up. Oh, yeah, you're right. So I think he's in there for a good amount of time. So it's just how long was he in the Sarlacc pit? Because clearly it's not days because he didn't have any water or yeah. food. And how much oxygen was coming through the Sarlacc's mouth? Because the oxygen in there is not breathable. Mm. So I don't know. I think we're diving too far into this, but... Oh, you can never dive too deep into Star Wars. There's just from Wikipedia alone, we are barely scratching the surface. Wikipedia, Wikipedia, I should say. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Boba Fett climbs out, um, and he gets taken by a tribe of Tusken Raiders, and he is forced to march across the sands of Tatooine, just like if you've ever seen the uh, film, the most famous Western film, I should say, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly as he's tramping across the desert as a prisoner of these people. And we see from all of these flashbacks, we see the Tusken Raiders fleshed out more than we've ever seen these savage brutes mm-hmm. up until this point. I mean, we saw some civilization and like civilized behavior in The Mandalorian Season 2 when he goes back to Tatooine and deals with Cobb Vanth. But... We really get to dive into their culture in this episode. Jumping to the second episode and a little bit farther in, we see how they make the gaffy sticks. We see that they have a ritual for accepting people into the tribe. It's literally, let's get high off of lizards. Mm -hmm. That was insanely (laughs) disgusting, I would say, but really cool. Magic snot wizard or lizard. (laughs) I was like, this is more than I ever asked for to see for Tusken Raiders, man. Like, also, who knew that there were black Tusken Raiders? Now we know that there are different tribes of Tusken Raiders all across the sands. And so... Now we know for years of Star Wars history, 
the Tuscan Raiders have been misrepresentative because a group attacked Luke Skywalker and Anakin's mother. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. It served <laughs> the purpose of the story. Absolutely. And it did it very well. But now we're getting into I, I find it weird that they have this asphyxiation with Tuscan Raiders. We see Din Djarin meet and talk with them a lot. He, like he's had a lot of dealings with them. And now Boba Fett, they decide to take his whole backstory and make it hey, he's with Tuscan Raiders. Yeah, like, he why? is a Tuscan Raider. Legit at yeah. the end of the second episode. So why do you why do you think John Favreau and, and Robert Rodriguez are so like wanting to do Tuscan Raiders? We do know that John Favreau has writing and creative credit in mm-hmm. these two episodes. I'm assuming he's just going to go on. But this is his story. I just assume it just goes into the fact of how much they loved the original trilogy and how much of a culture shock A New Hope was. Mm. And seeing the Tusken Raiders, which are are they the first crazy new creature we see in that movie? Because... Yeah, because this. Is I before... mean, we see Darth Vader on right, and we see that massive ship. But, but... this is before Moss Eisley, which is when we really yeah, get, mm-hmm. like holy crap, this is there's a lot in this movie. But I think so. I think it just with John Favreau, it just had it must be that experience of being in the theater watching A New Hope, yeah, and seeing a Tuscan Raider for the first time, mm. and then boom, his fas- fascination with them is born. That's. That's the kind of creators we need creating Star Wars. Like fans who appreciate it and who are there and who know how Star Wars should be represented. But he learns and deals with the problems of being a prisoner of the Tusken Raiders. He has to go out into the sands and we can find out that there are little uh, plums of water in the sand. And we find out that there's this weird pokemon looking monster forearmed monster in the sand i don't really know how i felt about that man that was kind of weird that monster the forearm it didn't look star wars to me it looked like something out of a godzilla movie i don't know it looked really cheesy i i thought that but then i also thought of the monsters that were playing chess in the millennium falcon in a new hope and i think they to me they just they looked very similar to that, they look similar enough to where I wasn't upset about this brand new creature huh. being brought in. And it is brand new. We have no idea. We've never seen this character before. I don't know. I just think, and maybe I'm wrong, but it didn't feel like Star Wars to me. I don't know. It, but he does deal with it. He he kills the beast just like Princess Leia killed Jabba the Hutt. He wraps the chain around its neck and chokes it out. And uh, we find him at the end of the first episode being accepted into the tribe of Tusken Raiders. And in the second episode, we see him as he deals and figures out their culture. At the end of the second episode, he's literally dancing around the fireplace of the uh, Tusken Raiders, which was epic, by the way. The music and everything. Oh, yeah, by the way, <laughs> I got to shout out the music for this episode, man. Because Ludwig Goranson returns to compose the main themes to Book of Boba Fett, as he did for The Mandalorian. And his new theme is so epic. Just the 
acapella noises in the background and just you hear kind of a like a dubstep theme in it it's so good man and i think he's released another banger after the mandalorian theme but the score and is composed by one Joseph Shirley, and I don't know his work, but he's doing a fabulous job, I would say. I'm really invested in everything going on. But um, getting to the main focal point of the story, in the second episode, we started off and he sees a rumbling in the sand. Now, I thought it was a crate dragon. Mm, same here, yeah, for like, Mando. I was waiting for it to pop up, and I was like, okay, let's go. I can't wait to see him tackle this again. I wouldn't even be mad. Yeah, and even when it did first come into frame, I still thought it was a crate dragon. Just yeah. just for a tad second. Oh, yeah. Then it starts shooting at him. I'm like, oh, that ain't no crate dragon. <laughs> it's a train full of pikes. The pike syndicate. Why are they on Tatooine? We find out. To mine spice. And I've seen a lot of people unjustly say that Ooh, this is copying Dune. This is copying Dune, man. On the sands with the spice and everything. No. This has been a thing ever since 1977 in Star Wars. Who George Lucas is credited as having... Dune has massive inspiration oh, yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah, Dune has inspired what Star Wars is. So, credit to... It's not like a copycat. It's just a direct inspiration. And maybe... It, people are just saying that because the Dune movie just came out and people have been introduced yes. to this world. This complaint wasn't around before. No. And, I I mean, there is similarities. They're both sci-fi genres mm-hmm. with planets and ships and creatures and sand dunes. So, dude, it's, it's not that big a deal, I don't think. But this train, he teaches them how to get speeder bikes. We get a really, really deep-cut Easter egg from a deleted scene of A <laughs> New Hope with... Uh, Cammy and Fixer. These deleted scenes appeared in um, the deleted. I mean, we, we've I've combed through the deleted scenes of all Star Wars movies. I don't remember ever seeing this one. I only knew about it because this my, a New Hope scene. I don't know about this one. I didn't know that this existed. Yeah, no, it was in the original cut. He, because uh, you see, uh, I was gonna go to Tashi Station to get some power converters. See Tashi Station in this episode. Yeah, you do. Yeah. But in the deleted scene, you also see it. He goes there, and he has a conversation with his friends about why he has to go. I've never seen this deleted scene mm. before. So I, my boys from Rebel Force Radio told me about it, and then I was like, oh, okay, all right. I got to go look into that. So then I looked into it and everything, and I saw the scene, and I was like, oh, that would be kind of cool if they showed up. So that's how I knew about it, but I had no prior knowledge to these folks showing up in this episode. Um, but it was nice to see that very deep cut Easter egg. And it shows again that these people know how to direct Star Wars. And this is fan service done right. A deep cut Easter egg, they serve the purpose of the story. But if you know, it's that more epic. And there's a cameo in the um, present time that we're going to get into that is also the same thing, dude. Same well done fan service. Yeah, they're they're great cameos because... They don't change the flow of the story at all. And if you don't pick it up, it doesn't affect anything you see in the scene, which is really cool. And that's how it should be done, man. But Boba Fett teaches all of the Tuscans how to ride on speeder bikes. And they 
very Western-like, go and attempt to attack this train, and they get it, and it's all good and well, and they make make the Pikes walk all the way back to Anchorhead, I believe is what it is, and then he gets really accepted, and then he has a dream sequence with a with, lizard. With the magic lizard. That gets shoved up his nose, man. That Not was shoved disgusting. up, it, the lizard voluntarily <laughs> jumps into his schnauzer. <laughs> Dude, it reminded me of the Clone Wars episode with the worms on Geonosis. I, yeah, like, okay. instantly, right when he was like, this thing was going up his nose. I was like, oh, I'm getting the same feeling I got in the Clone Wars. It's got direct same feeling, though, because I don't believe this gave you nightmares. No, I had big <laughs> nightmares from those episodes. Man, that was not okay. But um, in this flashback sequence, were those Jawas at the tree? You remember when he goes to the tree and you see all those, like, eyes or those red dots? Do you remember that? No, I don't remember. I, th- I just remember the tree and the other tree next to it. I thought there was Jawas there, man. I don't. I could be wrong on that, though. I fact check me real quick. But I thought there was Jawas there at that tree. But it was weird seeing a tree on Tatooine because usually, like we, I, we've never seen any vegetation at all on Tatooine. So I was like, whoa, this must mean something really spiritual. And we get more flashbacks of when Boba was a kid as Daniel Logan. I don't think Daniel Logan was actually playing him. I think there's a body double in there because mm-hmm. Daniel Logan's like 30 now. Yeah. But it was cool to see him again in the Geonosian Arena with his father's helmet on Camino as he's running across and sees his dad leave. As a metaphor of Boba's really always been alone. I mean, we see mm-hmm. him with his father in Attack of the Clones, but it's him, man. It's only him. And I think this is why he is such a changed character in the mm-hmm. present. Yeah. Because now he finally has someone he cares for, a tribe that he cares for, and we are seeing him changed. We have five years of screen time that haven't been filled up. And you say, well, there was 30 years of screen time that Luke, we didn't get to see Luke for. I've seen that. I, I, dude, no, 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 no. Luke was fleshed out. Again, I present... The argument that we didn't really know anything about Boba Fett. Plus, now he's in a situation that he's never been in before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has something he cares about now. And I think it's really unjust for us to throw accusations out without seeing the final product. We still have five episodes to go, you know? So, I, I don't know. It. You can be mad yeah. in you, five weeks. <laughs> you can have your thoughts on the first two episodes. We all have our thoughts, you know? Maybe we don't. we didn't get as much present time stuff as we wanted which i mean i definitely want to see more present time agreed but you can't accurately judge this series as a whole until we've seen everything because in the present time stuff we have gotten they're definitely planting seeds for an epic story coming forward and let's just get right into it i don't unless you have something else you want to say about the flashbacks i think they're fabulous man I love seeing this. I, the Tuscans fleshed out so much, and all this backstory to Boba Fett. I, I like seeing it. And they're not like an exclusive group. They're accepting him into his family. And what? So what do the Tuscan Raiders look like under the mask, Ben? Are we don't we, we don't know. know. We've we, never seen it. We know that humans have been a part of the tribe mm-hmm. before. We know of a Jedi Tuscan Raider, who was a human. So. We don't really know. I the theory is that Mando, uh, Mando, ugh. Boba Fett is going to fall in love with this 
the woman Tuscan Raider. Oh. That's who he's going to care for yeah. the most. Okay. I'm wondering if we're going to see what's underneath the mask. Just so you guys And do know. the Tuscan Raiders have a Mandalorian rule about them where the mask can't come off? I don't think so. I think we see it in the first episode because Boba Fett's face is just so messed up because of, because of the sun and the sand and everything mm-hmm. like that. So keep if you're going to live outside on the dunes... You need all of that protection always. Now, it is weird. Like, why wouldn't they take it off at night or whatever? You know, I, I don't But know. does... You think we will see Boba get one of these masks? No. No. Because of the last scene in the first episode of season two of The Mandalorian, he's wearing the same outfit that he's given mm-hmm. in the end of this yeah. episode. So, I don't so, think so. So, yeah. With that being said, is how much more backstory are they going to give us? Because based on what we've seen... We can uh, infer and deduct what has happened in the rest of the timeline. So, do we need any more flashbacks? Do you want any more flashbacks? I would say yes. Yeah, definitely. We need to know why he's not with these people anymore, and also, I mean, what happened in these five years. I don't think we need to go as in depth as we've gone so far. I'm just being honest, but. I think we need to. We do need to know what's going on mm-hmm. and why he isn't with this. Like, did these Tuscans get wiped out, man? Maybe that's why he's not with them. Maybe in five years there is. Maybe they get wiped out by the crate dragon, and that's why he's near where Mando and those Tuscans are. Dude, what if the Tuscan tribe and Mando? Oh no, but they're not black. Never mind. Yeah. Um. But why would he be there looking at them killing the crate dragon? Like maybe that was his mission, because he's the only one to survive the crate dragon killing all of those Tuscans. You know? Yeah. I I don't know, man. Who can say? The last five episodes of the Boba Fett show might, but I would think it would be really really cool if we if that happened, or maybe they just get wiped out by this gang. You know, so do we do we think that they are wiped out and it is by Bib Fortuna's order? Because why why does he want Jabba's seat? What's his motive for wanting to rule what Jabba ruled? Do we know that yet? No. So he wants to rule with honor and respect instead of with fear. Instead of with fear. So did. Bib Fortuna or Jabba, I mean, Jabba's dead in flashback and present day, so right. how much will Jabba play into this? I mean, we do see more huts appear up, but did Bib Fortuna do something to Boba in this timeline that we haven't seen yet, and that's why Boba in the end credit scene of Mandalorian walks into Jabba's palace and kills Bib Fortuna right there. His reaction is very telling, I would say. Because at first glance, these two have met before. Boba Fett's worked for Jabba the Hutt, and Bib Fortuna would likely have met him. So he, right when he says, Boba, like, it's, it's like, oh, okay, they know each other. But maybe something has happened in the past between them. Mm-hmm. Maybe Bib Fortuna's tried to wipe out these people before. And he, maybe he does. I think that's what you're getting at, right? I'm assuming, yeah, I'm assuming we'll see Bib Fortuna in flashbacks, maybe? If they're going to give us more flashbacks. Interesting. Because why Why do you think he walked in there and killed them? We don't We don't know that yet, do Maybe we? Maybe he's trying to reform Tatooine. 
Or maybe he's maybe he literally just is the Boba Fett we used to know who just wants more power. You know? That could be why. I'm so interested in this story. I love I love that I'm more I'm more interested in the present day story. Mm-hmm. But I it is a I was saying this yesterday. It's a feat of the show that they make these flashbacks so freaking interesting that you're okay with taking half the episode and going back, you know? I want to see more of the present day. I definitely do, especially because of the second episode. But, you know, it's a testament to how well they are because those flashbacks are really freaking interesting, man. Yeah, and we're, what, an hour and a half into this series, and we've gotten maybe 25 minutes of present day. So, yeah, I can see the complaints coming from that department. Yeah. If the flashbacks weren't as interesting as they were. But just diving into the Tuscan Raiders past has been really cool. We need that to understand the present day story. And with that, let's get right into it. The present day story. He wakes up and he's in his 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 back to pod. Not a chamber, not back to chamber. It's a back to pod, which is new. I mean, we haven't seen it. We've seen it in Last Jedi, but and what? this is a little bit probably more portable than a chamber, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. Bring it on vacations with you. You get Jabba's palace. What's the first thing you're gonna do? I mean. If back to pods existed, man, that'd be awesome. Cut my hand off, man. Go to back to get burned by lava, man. Let's go to the back to pod, you know. <laughs> now, freaking Darth Vader, <laughs> he he was in the back to tank in in Rogue One, so and that was like twenty years after <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. So <laughs> yeah, he was messed up bad. <laughs> clearly, that thing. Clearly, the back to tank needs some work, and that was one of the criticisms. Because they were, they were, as he's going about, he is the daimyo, which is what he calls himself, the daimyo, the ruler of Tatooine. So he goes throughout the city, he collects his his um, dues, I guess is what you call it, and he gets ambushed by these dudes because the mayor technically, I guess, owns this town. So a lot of people were saying, well, what the heck, man? Boba Fett's supposed to be, you know... BA like what, what what why is he just sitting there and taking the and I'm, I say dude he's healing he has to use this back to pod and he didn't like he was awesome you see him he takes the he takes their like shock stick and he slams it into one of them he freaking disintegrates one guy who's trying to climb up this wall like he's still cool he's just healing trust me he will be cool as the show goes on i i think that's kind of unjust as well I think a lot of what people are saying is unjust. but um, So present day, what is he healing from? Still the Sarlacc? Well, I would say just or being some... in Tatooine. Yeah. Like, he hasn't had access to, I guess, technology. I mean, the only technology we know of that he's had access to is the speeder bikes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I would think a nice little bath in the bactopod would heal you from, you know, sleeping on sand for five years and yeah. dealing with the harsh winds of the Dune Sea. You know, so maybe he's just, maybe he's just trying to like get up to 100%, you know, but I think he's not there yet. So we can't just expect him to be Empire Strikes Back Boba Fett. But the thing is, we do see him beating the heck out of some stormtroopers in the Mandalorian in present day. Mm -hmm. So... That is like the question. But is what think, happened between that yeah. and what we're seeing now? 
And I think it also has to be the the circumstances of the fight. You have six or seven dudes with shields around him, boxing them in. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the fight, he gets hit in the head right before he starts. So maybe that has something to do with it. But I love seeing the Gamorrean guards come in for the rescue. <laughs> that was pretty epic. I Bro, love shout out to the Gamorreans for giving... <laughs> Accurate body representation to just everyone, bro. Dad bods are cool, man. Dude, people are complaining <laughs> that they're not fatter. Like, they need to be fatter. I know, they were like, massive in Return of the Jedi. You know, like, they were way, I think they were suits, actually. But I've, these are just big dudes. These are just dudes that they found. They're like, hey, get over here. <laughs> You're going to be in the new Star You like dude. cheeseburgers? Put on this mask. <laughs> Let's make you a Gamorrean guard. Hey, yo. Hold up, man. Which, we just got to talk about how cool everything in Jabba's palace is. Oh, yeah. And just seeing all that stuff again for the first time since Return of the Jedi, it is just so nostalgic. And it just takes you right back to that last time you were in there with all our favorites, Han, Chewie, Luke, Leia. Dude, uh, Lula or whatever her face is with the long (laughs) lips. Dude, Max Rebo, hold up. We got to give a shout-out to Max Rebo, who's appeared in not one but two episodes of The Book of Boba Fett. That's epic, man. I love Max Rebo. As the Lego game, like, he was a beast. I always remember seeing him. For the people who don't know who that Jolly Blue fellow is. Oh, yeah. Who, uh... So he is a massive, famous musician, galaxy-wide, man. He Everyone knows who Max Rebo is. So he has his, his quartet, his musicians all come and play for one of the biggest, if not the biggest, crime lord. And so that's where, he, I don't know what he's doing in uh, Garza Whip's little sanctuary, but, I mean, whatever, man. I liked hearing the cantina theme. It's kind of a like a, uh, I guess, what, what were they using, like a banjo to play it? I mean, that was some really kind of cool, remix, man. man. Yeah. It was epic. They yeah. called it Casino Latina oh, in okay. the credits. Yeah. So I'm waiting for them to get like an official... Uh, release of that song because I'm, I'm just glad he's still getting work after uh, yeah. Jabba's death you know he p- people love him apparently he's, he's still getting hired that's what I love man because there's all these weird like random one-off characters in the original trilogy that have so much story to them and like like the Raincore guy you know I don't know why he's coming up but like there's a lot of backstory to him too the guy who qu- cries at the end when the Raincore gets killed by Luke Skywalker the big fatso and he's like hmm <laughs> It's like, like, dude, we don't even know who you are, but I feel bad for you, man. I'm sorry that you lost your pet. But the, like, I love seeing these people, man, like who appeared in the the very old star, and and that's like why I think these shows are doing so well because they're capping off on nostalgia in the right ways, but also making these stories really interesting, and like pushing the boundaries for what technology mm-hmm. can do, which is always what Star Wars should be doing. It should never just settle. Like, oh, we've got special effects, we've got great acting, perfect. Let's throw together a Star Wars movie. That should it's you should always be pushing the boundaries, man. And that's what Mandalorian and Boba Fett are doing. It's not the prequels. Hey, uh, stand in this green room and look at this green tennis ball and pretend you're seeing something. I agree with you, but I must say there was a lot more practical effects than people thought. Listen, I'm not coming on. Listen, I know I can defend the prequels a little too much, man. I'm a big prequel fan. But there was a lot more practical effects there than we thought. And yes, there was a lot of green screen. Ewan, <laughs> Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen have said repeatedly that it was hard to act. But I think digitally, 
those movies shaped the way we see it now, 100%. They pushed the boundaries digitally for Star Wars in ways that have never been done for movies anywhere. And The Mandalorian has technology that is pushing the boundaries for television that we've never seen before. You know, I think a lot of people forget this is a television show. It doesn't have a movie's budget, man. No. It's Disney, so they're pretty they're pretty well funded, but I don't know. I will say there there always needs to be a pushing of the technology boundaries for when you're making these stories. But I don't know. In the second episode, anyway, getting back to the uh, Book of Boba Fett, um, he's walking through the town again. We find out that this well, dude was sent. Well, go ahead. So after that fight, we see we see Fennec capture this one assassin dude who was yes. sent to kill Boba, and they bring him back to Jabba's palace. Yes, my bad. Wait a minute. He was sent by, as he says, the mayor. As we. As he after he gets chucked down into the rancor. Yes, it, I forgot that <laughs> the rancor w- was killed. Luke crushes him, bro. I forgot. Yeah. I was waiting for the thing to come out and eat him. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is epic!" I we haven't seen the rancor since 1983. Oh my god. Oh wait, the rancor's dead. <laughs> yeah, Luke freaking squash his head in. I forgot about that. I felt exactly what that guy f- was feeling. Well, <laughs> not exactly what that. Guy <laughs> you weren't in there. Oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that this dude, this assassin dude, heard the legends of the Rancor, and he was just, t- maybe he's seen it before down in there, but just the gate opening, yeah. just that was enough for him to fess up his information. He was with a group called the Order of the Nightwind. We've never seen them before, and I have no idea what they are, so I don't know, but I thought the name was kind of cool, but... He says he was sent by the mayor. And then Fennec reveals, it's empty. There's nothing there. So they go to the mayor's office, and we get the stupid Twi'lek, bro. I hate that Twi'lek so freaking much. Ugh. He, <laughs> he is so... Ugh. He needs to die, that's what. He's hateable in the way that the writers make him hateable. Yes, absolutely. And so he barges in, and he's and he's like, yo... This is Boba Fett. You claim to not know who I am, but you send assassins to kill me. And he was like, and this Ithorian, who's weirdly hairy, tells him, no, I'm not going to tell you who sent him, but the answers you seek lie at Garza Fwip's sanctuary. So they go there, and she has this look of fear on her face. like, And he's like, what's going on? Yesterday I came here and... You were business as usual. And now, and she's like, haven't you heard? The twins have laid claim to Jabba's territory. We get a Nar, uh, we get a Nal Hutta reference. They're not finished with their debauchery on Nal Hutta. And then, dude, this scene gave me chills, man. The drumming. Max Rebo stops playing, and we bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. And we see two... New, never-before-seen huts. Never seen them in canon. They don't exist as of yet. Now they do. But we don't give name credits to them. They're just the twins. And they look great, man, in live action. Like, two great-looking huts. Just fat and exactly how I imagine huts. Carried on their little, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. 
like a hammock or something. I don't know. What's that? Palanquin? Well, I can't pronounce that. Uh, Is that what they're pa- carried on? Pa- yeah, palanquin, I guess, yeah. Interesting. But dude, the my one complaint is the they they got what like eight dudes carrying these massive fat Jabba's. Those guys got to be swole. If the the guy the guy directly under the middle of the two twins, he's oh, yeah. not he's not nearly struggling enough in my opinion. But I don't know. He who knows how strong that race is. He could probably lift a car. That's true, man. <laughs> And so they say that, hey, listen, this is our territory. Well, this is Jabba's territory, but this is we're laying claim to it mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I am Boba Fett. And we get an epic, if you know, character reveal of Black Chrysanthemum, a Wookiee bounty hunter from the comics who's appeared in quite a bit of comics. He's a gladiator. He was a gladiator forced away from his home on uh, Kashyyyk who then turned bounty hunter. He's worked with Boba Fett in the past, and he is a beast. So imagine Chewbacca, but, like, no chill and just a freaking savage. And that's who Black Kersantan is. But So savage, he got kicked out of Kashyyyk, didn't he? Uh, I think he was taken away as a prisoner. He was taken away? As a gladiator, like in the movie Gladiator. Oh. So think, think that. And then he fought and reads. We even get reference to it in this episode. Boba Fett goes, I don't need any gladiators or something else. But he makes reference to it. And do these two have a past relationship? Yes. Off screen? In the comics. Okay. They have a relationship. Black Kersantan is employed by Darth Vader. And so we see, I think Dengar is also involved with both of these people as well. So we're definitely going to see more of him. And I can't wait, man, because he looked like a beast. And this is what is intriguing me about the present day, seeing more of him. Yes. And I know, right? Yeah. It just it's really intriguing what they're setting up. It's not over the moon intrigue like uh some of the Mando stuff was mm. in the first few episodes. But I just want to see more present day stuff. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think they need to tone down the the flashbacks. Unless we're gonna get like like Clone Wars flashbacks or original trilogy flashbacks Mm -hmm. you think they could totally do that if they give us an extra i i just think they're not going to go flashback any further than the little tidbits he has on camino as a child and the stuff after the sarlacc pit it would be really cool to see him like talking to darth vader they could do that they could but i don't i don't i can't see him doing that there's also been major rumor. I've tried to stay away from the rumor mill for Star Wars stuff, but a lot of people have been saying that Han Solo might be de-aged to make an appearance in the show. Really? So that would make sense. I, it totally would, dude. He's filming Indiana Jones right now, using the same de-aging technology. But so would Harrison Ford come back to Star Wars? He was adamant for years about getting his character killed off. Dude, he came back for Rise of Skywalker. Which was it blew my mind. That is him. very true. I forgot about that. He came back in that dream so sequence with Ben. He's working for Disney right now, filming Indiana Jones. What if they were like, "Hey, make the drive down here. We're gonna use the same de aging technology. You're gonna shoot a scene for Boba Fett." So they're de aging him know? for Indiana Jones. Also, they are. Yeah. So he's gonna be de aged already. Why not? Maybe use maybe use an original like. Maybe they trick him. They're like, 
yeah, you're going to film this scene for Indiana Jones. We're not going to send it over to Star Wars. Or <laughs> if you can't get Han Solo, dude, just have it be with him in Carbonite. So there you go. You have him in Carbonite, and then Boba Fett is dealing with whatever he deals with with Boba, uh, with his Boba Fett stuff. I don't know. You could tot- They could make it work. I would just like to see a flashback during the original trilogy. So if they're going to bring in a younger Han Solo, would it be the worst idea to bring back uh, Alden, who played him in Solo, A Star Wars Story? What would? Yeah. Well, it depends on when they used him. Because if you do it during the original trilogy, Alden Einreich does not look enough like Han Solo. And you have deep fake technology now. They hired that guy on YouTube who did the... Did you know that? What? The, so Luke Skywalker, when that whole thing came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you ever see the video of I deep faked Luke Skywalker better than Lucasfilm did? Oh, and then they hired him? They hired that dude. That's really cool. Just because he legit did it better than a Disney Studios. So isn't that awesome? A YouTuber and his studios... They deep faked it better, and boom, they're working for Disney now. Holy crap, that is epic, man. So they've got the technology to do it, and do it well. They did it in Mandalorian. Just give us a little scene, man. That would be awesome. Han Solo is so cool, man. I don't know. I, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. I try to temper my expectations for Star Wars content and enjoy what they have for us, you know? I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, Star Wars and... Even Marvel, you know, these, Honestly, yeah, these universes are so big. There's so much to every little thing. And if you let your mind go to every little route that is possible, you're just going to be disappointed every time because it's like, oh, this is Boba Fett. I mm-hmm. want to see him flying around in his jackpot. I want to yeah. see him killing dudes brutally. I want to see uh, just more of the time between Clone Wars and... Where when he appears in Empire, it's like if just be happy with what they're giving us and yeah. make sure what they're giving us is good, a good story. There's so much to Star Wars. There are clearly thousands of better stories. They, I don't know. It, Absolutely, there's a lot of stories in Star Why Wars. Why take the time and do Boba Fett? Because there's a story to tell. This story's been in the works since 2014. Honestly, since 1983, man. Like. People have thought and dreamed about this story for a long time. And so the fact that we're finally get it, getting it on this level is very epic, man. And I'm very much looking forward to the next five weeks of Star Wars content. Because the huts go away, man. And they said, we'll settle this later. And obviously he goes into the flashback, but that's the last time we see the present-day Boba Fett. So... What flashbacks and present day could we be seeing in future episodes? We still have five more episodes. I'm hoping they're all 50 minutes, man, or longer. Like, the more the, the, more the merrier, man. <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me all. Like, um, I hate seeing that 30-minute mark for, for anything, honestly. Like, just make them all as long as you need to, man. <laughs> that, that goes into the fun of the Disney Plus series, though, too, because you coop an episode... All right, how long is it going to be for me this week? Like I watch, I watch it before work, and I work at six a.m. So I gotta, I gotta get up <laughs> and start watching. So you gotta judge when to get up, man. But episodes two hours long, I don't know. <laughs> Although we haven't seen that yet, but if you're venturing into two hours, that's a movie at that point. What if, man? 
ponder the question. What if? <laughs> you said you had some Rotten Tomato scores to go over for the first two episodes? Yeah, let me whip it up real quick. Yeah, let me let's see what people let's see what the critics are saying. I've seen a lot of people on TikTok. They say, "Oh, this is great. Oh, this is bad." We've gotten into that already, but I'd like to hear what Rotten Tomatoes has for it. All right, so Chapter One: Stranger in a Strange Land currently has a seven point six on IMDb, and the Rotten Tomatoes score for that episode is an eighty three percent fresh. That's not bad. So yeah, not too shabby. Then episode two, the tribes of Tatooine have an 8.6 on IMDb and then a 100% Rotten Tomatoes critic score. Bringing the grand total for the Boba Fett series so far is an 8.1 on IMDb and an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. 100% you say? Yeah. That's pretty impressive numbers, man. I I mean, mean, obviously we know how Rotten Tomatoes works. You just watch an episode and say you liked it. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I, I'm curious, though, to see why people think it's, like, like peak fiction. Cause, why I mean, they think a, it's the best stuff since like, Revenge of the Sith. Because, I've, no, I've seen more, more than my fair share of people say that. Like, mm. they say it's legit some of the, the best. The guy in Screen Crush said it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, it's good. Like, don't get me wrong. But is it that good? I don't know. Like, It's a really cool train sequence. It is really cool, but... And, it, we get a lot of lore building for the Tuscans, yes. And the future is set up very well. Maybe I'm just focused on what this show is going to be and not what this episode was. was you know? No, d- saying it's the best Star Wars content in years when I we guess. got Ma- Mandalorian a couple yeah. years ago, it, it doesn't even like, it doesn't add up to me. I don't think it does because... Don't get me wrong. Again, this episode was good. The recent, most recent one, but it, like, it doesn't hold a candle to like the. I think my favorite thing, my favorite episode of all of these Disney Plus shows, is the Ahsoka episode mm-hmm. from Mandalorian season two. Without a doubt, my favorite episode. Like, just directed phenomenally, and Dave Filoni. And, oh, <laughs> I get chills. I've I've gone back and rewatched that episode multiple times because it is so good as a standalone episode, and I think that's where the Mandalorian has its strength because even though it's telling a story, like it's more episodic, like I can put on the Ahsoka episode or the Boba Fett episode or the Luke Skywalker episode, you know, without having to be bogged down by a lot of, whereas Boba Fett is more of a linear story. You kind of have to, you can't just pop in and watch an episode, you know? And I kind of like that, man. But I just want to give a shout out to John Favreau. Just to just to say how how great he is, and to look at what he's done in the past. Because for those of you who don't know, he directed Elf back in the mm-hmm. 90s oh yeah or eighties. No, it's the nineties. Instant Christmas classic, man. I love Elf. Then he went and did Iron Man and Iron Man Two, and started the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Without him, we would not be where we are today when it comes to Marvel's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then he freaking does the Mandalorian. Would really re like if it wasn't for that show, man, Star Wars would not be as positive right now. No, definitely not. Like, I mean, we got the Clone Wars, which is the best Star Wars I've seen since Revenge of the Sith. That is the best. Like, we we forget that the season finale of the Clone Wars also premiered during this time. And dude, come on, to say that this episode is better than the 
the the four part epic finale of the Clone Wars is I think a disservice to what has come before. But anyway, uh, I think I'm just I'm just hung up on that man. It just it got me too too hyped up. I don't know. I, it's good. It just wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I don't know. I, I mean, hey, but that's cool to see people absolutely yes. loving this episode. Yes, I, I I agree. I you're right. But again, what I my my original point. I want to just thank John Favreau. Shout out to that man because he has done more for Disney properties than anyone ever. So I want to like he is epic. <laughs> Everything he touches is gold, man. Um, you put out a poll, uh, or not a poll on Instagram. You put out a questionnaire. And you said, um, what are some questions that you want us to go over on the Book of Boba Fett? Um, did we get any responses? Yeah, we did. Uh, but first, I got the... Uh, oh, yeah. I asked some people what their their rating was of this episode. Oh, so okay. if you... I'll just read yeah, through yeah, a few of ahead. these. We got a... So my Boba, my Boba, Fe, my Boba Fresh build on Instagram 7.5 it can be better and I'm sure it will be in Favreau and Filoni we trust yes the mantra that ben, all Star Wars fans live by comic.nerdist rates it an 8.5 Pogo Donuts an 8.7 nice Andrew Solo J 6 point or 6 out of 10 Whoa. so far it's a good Star Wars show but still has room for improvement. Okay. All Elijah right. Stahl gives it a 9. Nikki Flash, 1998, gives it an 8 out of 10. Nice. Benjamin Rayside gives it a 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10, man. Sam Pilgrim gives it an 8.5, comma, with potential to be better than Mando. Whoa. So strong opinion okay. from Sam. And then in our questions, we had two response. We got one from Pogo Donuts. Do you think there will be cameos later in the show, other than possibly Windu and Mando? Other than Windu and Mando, I don't think we're going to see Mace Windu. I really don't. I no, think, me neither. I think that. Would I think be... that is a far stretch, and what we've seen from the show already, Mace Windu coming into it wouldn't really fit into that bigger narrative. No, and he's... like Han Solo coming in though, that would fit into the bigger narrative because Han Solo was so involved with Jabba and Boba Fett. I could totally see them. I think Mace Windu is too big a character, and also it's been, what, 20 years, 25 years since we've seen that character? It just would be too much to explain, I think. Yeah, and the relationship between Boba and Mace is not... It's one very one-sided. Mace Windu is like, oh, Boba Fett, you yeah. know? But Boba Fett's like, that's a guy who killed my father. Mm-hmm. It's very one-sided. So seeing Mace Windu show up, I don't think would really work in the show. And doesn't really look like Mace Windu's the first thing on Boba's mind right now. He's not going to go hunting for this Jedi that presumably died yeah. all those years ago. No, I don't think so. Uh, I do think uh, Dengar will show up. I think Bosk will show up. I think any number of bounty hunters that are still alive at this time will show up. I hope Cad Bane shows up, maybe in a flashback or maybe as this old bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. I think that would be epic. Um, and, I mean, what race is Cad Bane? He is a Duro. How so do they age? 
They, I, I, we don't know. I, yeah, I, I so he could say, show up exactly how he was in Clone Wars. That's true. He show, uh, <clears throat> uh, Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. Um, All right, yeah. Uh, but I, would, I wouldn't I would put it past him to put Cad Bane in there. Um, I wouldn't put it past We already talked about Han Solo. Um, there's a little... Like I say, I like to temper my expectations, but there is a legend story out there that I think they're adapting called Heir to the Empire. And it is Thrawn, Grand Admiral Thrawn, who comes back from the Outer Rim regions because he was away during the Rebellion period. And he comes and wreaks havoc on the New Republic. And that story in Legends takes place five years after Return of the Jedi, right during this show yeah okay and we know that grand admiral thrawn is coming back and how will that play all into it i wouldn't i wouldn't doubt that we may get hints to grand admiral thrawn in this show as they start to set up i wouldn't doubt that he's going to be in mando season three either well he was name dropped in season two exactly so I would, oh man, if he shows up, that would be epic. But I really think they're going forward on the story. And Tatooine has a big part to play in that trilogy. I'm reading it right now. So it the, my research is ongoing, but I'm almost done with the first book. Listen to it at work. Very, very epic. Makes the day fly by. But um, Admiral Thrawn, I think he is a likely candidate. Um I don't know. I don't. Do you have any other characters that you think could show up during this time? I mean, it's Star Wars. Anyone can wander into the show, but yeah, I don't have any huge theories on who could show up. I mean, if we see Han Solo again, I would absolutely love to see Chewie. Yeah. And if uh, we can have a Wookie v Wookie battle, oh my! I think that would knock everyone's socks off. Oh my! <laughs> Oh, you got me thinking now. See, this is what I do. I don't like to theorize on who could show up. I just, I'm just ready for the story to take could, me where it takes. So, me. could we see a? Because Boba's a changed man from Return of the Jedi. Could we see a Han Solo, Chewbacca, Boba Fett, and Fennec team up, all on one grand team fighting the Huts together? No way. I think that would be so cool. I'm dude. That would be epic, man. I th- I listen. I really think we're gonna see Bosk though, because we've already seen a lot of Trandoshans, yeah. right? So I think, especially because Trandoshans and Wookies have a rivalry, mm-hmm. so maybe Boba Fett goes to recruit Bosk because they've been on teams together before in the past, and he's like, "Yo, there's this Wookie over there. I know you guys hunt them for sport." Maybe you you should come and help me out. So, dude, what if Boss joins their team, man? Yeah, he's like, I need to get some reinforcements. So you could see that happening. I think so. I think I I think that's a sure bet. Cause I, I'm I'm really hoping Boss shows up, man. I, I'm hoping we get other bounty hunters too, like Zuckus and Forlam and IG88. That would be epic. But no, that's a good question. What was that? Who's that? Pogo Donuts. Yeah, Pogo Donuts. Yeah. All right, and our last question from Sam Pilgington. Are we going to see clones? 
Boba is awesome, but I really want to see some clones. See, I've really been thinking about that, man, because we've seen Kamino twice. Uh, yes, twice in the flashbacks. Mm -hmm. And he is a clone. So could we see maybe him walking through the corridors of Kamino and we see clones training? The cafeteria even. Dude. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. I'm just going to say no though. It would be it would be so cool to see that cuz I mean we just been talking about Kenobi yeah. and the Ahsoka show and the potential for flashbacks in that show. Like they have the potential to do some insane yeah. flashbacks in this show. But I think doing that would convolute the story they're trying to tell in the present right now. Because he does have this rich and really cool past on Camino, And I think there's a whole other show that could explore him as a child in that scenario. But I think the story they want to tell with this show is different. Yes. Seeing clone troopers would be so cool. Ugh, I but, really do. If, if we see him, I'll say this. It'll only be in like a cameo type mm -hmm. situation. Uh, yeah. We, we always see one. Kind of like how we saw Slave One already. Yes. Something mm -hmm. like that, quick. Mm -hmm. Not much about it, but I, I just don't know. I don't. I would love it. I'll we say everyone would love it, dude. It would be very epic. I, I think we really are going going to get Clone Wars flashbacks. Hayden's returning for Kenobi and Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about Ahsoka. I've been thinking about this scene in my head that I want in Ahsoka, but I'll save that for later. Um, but I, oh, we're totally getting flashbacks. You got Tim Morrison to voice the clones and play the clones. Obviously, he looks great for sixty years old, man. And Fennec, Fennec too. Ming Na Wen, they're both up there in age, but they look great, man. So, I don't know. It, I think, it would be epic to see clones, but I don't think we're gonna see them. Um, and we thank you for those questions. Um, does it say? Are you looking up how old they are? I can, yeah. Look up how look up how old um, Tamura Morrison is. I'd like to. I'm pretty sure he's. Uh, what was it? Fifty eight. I think. Let me look right here for you. Either way, man, he he looks like way too good. For being his age, like that's like, that's like ten years younger than my grandpa. Yeah, he is sixty one years Holy old. Holy crap! 61 dudes out here in the sand of Tatooine getting brutally beaten up at 61 years old. And Ming Na Wen is 58. She's 58. Mm hmm. She looks 30, man. <laughs> she legit, though. I know. How are they doing this? That looks epic. That, that's epic, man. That Can you imagine being up. 58 and like Star Wars is like, hey, let's. Let's put you in this series. Like, that's like, think about how much life and how much acting you've done. And then Star Wars is like, hey, let me just change your whole career, make you more popular than you've ever been at your age of 60. <laughs> and you know this is going to be, I mean, this is his show, man. This is Tamir Morrison. This is boom. This is you. So that, that's epic, man. But um, I think... Closing thoughts. Anything else that we need to talk about? I think that's it, man. I'm really excited for the future of this show. And I think in these next five episodes, like, all hell is going to break loose. We're going to get a lot. 
in these next five episodes, and I'm just I'm counting down the days for Wednesday morning, man. Yeah, I'm hoping the transition happens in the show in episode three, where instead of getting 30% main timeline, we get 30% flashback and yes. 60% current time. That is because I think well. we've got a good hunk of flashback to know where Boba is now, mm-hmm. and we've had enough to see his transition to current time because that is what is intriguing me right now. I've seen so much of the Tuscan Raiders. I'm satisfied with that story yes. arc right now. So I I want to see the current stuff. Agreed. And I think, yeah, absolutely. Honestly, you capped off exactly what I want to say. I want to see more of this main timeline. I want to see more Black Kersantan. I want to see more of the twins. And I want to see more bounty hunting. And most of all, I want to see more of the Book of Boba Fett. Boba Fett, you know? This is his show, and I want to see him with that armor, man. He looks so cool in that. I mean, he, he look the, the Mandalorian helmets just look so clean. Like, ugh, I don't know. It's like the clones. I don't know. As, as a kid, you always fall in love with those super soldier suits like, like Halo or the clones. And the Mandalorians are no exception. Like, their outfits are so epic. But, um, no, I think that does it. Thank you, everyone, for sticking along for this video. This very long... <laughs> we went an hour for these first two episodes. But, honestly, we could have gone for uh, a little bit longer. But uh, I think I think that does it. So, uh, again, subscribe. We thank you for all the support on the Instagram. If you want to get in touch with us, multiverse underscore monologues. Subscribe on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Spotify. For now, this is Ben Rayside. This is Ethan Wetzloff. Signing off. We hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic day, and may the force be with you. Bye.